everybody. Welcome to episode five of the Immaculate Perceptions. Uh, this is Big Boy, your co-host. I got my other two co-hosts with me, Armando and Andy. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. Like to quote Robbie Anderson on Twitter, why is it cold down here in March? Because that's what's going on. Uh, I'm doing well, guys. I'm ready to roll. I'm excited to talk sports. Excellent. I'm alive and grateful here in the crab cake capital of the world near Baltimore, Maryland. The sun is out, the birds are chirping, and everything is well. Nice. That is awesome. Well, I'm actually not at the Atlanta Legends game right now, as you can see behind me. But uh, I'm excited to talk about my trip to the Atlanta Legends game last week. Uh, so we're going to get to that. Also today, we're going to be talking about um, Mike Trout's contract and was it good for him to stay in Anaheim and uh, we're also going to be talking a little NCAA tournament, but we're mainly going to be focusing on uh, a little controversy surrounding Tom Izzo, one of the most celebrated coaches in all of sports. So we'll make sure we get to that, uh, so stay tuned. But first, mm -hmm. let's start off talking about AAF. We love to talk AAF here. We're in my Atlanta we Legends do, hat. Uh, uh, shout, out to the, shout out to the AAF Reddit, or the one that I use. There's two, but shout out to you guys. Yeah, appreciate the support on there, guys. Yeah, they, they, they upvote, and I guess I'm trying to, you know, show that we're trying to cover AAF a little bit, you know? Yeah. It's a new thing, the new niche. Which also, by the way, talking about AAF, before I get yeah. to the story, um, so another business I do, I do uh, self-signed uh, autographed football helmets, okay? Yeah. NFL players, whatever. So mm -hmm. I'm in this niche on Facebook where I'm like, there's a lot of people that break helmets like we do, um, but there's also – and the word break just means you open boxes and and there's a winner as long as short of it. But okay. sports cards is how this whole business got started, people you know, doing this with individual sports cards. And so recently there's been a picture going around on, I guess you would call it, sports card Facebook of tops getting into the AAF card game. So they now have really? AAF Football cards by top. Damn. No nice. way. Yeah. Are they I, out? Are yeah. they out, out? Yes. Somebody took a picture of them in the store. I got to go buy a pack just to have it. Like yeah, keep sure. it unopened or something. Are you serious? Yeah. And it, the, the picture says signed cards. So I don't know if they're all signed. If like all the AF players signed all the cards or whatever. I don't know if there's one in there that's signed or whatever. But Well, the signature will raise it at least a dollar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if those signatures from the AF are going to be very valuable. Not yet. I'm very interested to see when, uh, you know, when somebody starts breaking signed football helmets by the AAF. That would be really interesting. They've got some cool helmets, you know. So, True. But yeah, very interesting. I remember talking baseball cards when I used to freaking hit up with the head of a stick of gum in it. You guys remember that? So cloudy. I also have a pack, uh, a box, an upper deck box that's about two feet long for a particular year. I want to say it was 92, 93. In my parents' house in Florida somewhere. Wow. Hope they didn't sell it. <laughs> well, cool. Well, yeah. So, all right. So, back to the game. I went last week. I took my family. Turned out being a little more expensive than I thought it was going to be because uh, we got tickets at the gate. So, ended up to get the seats where you can see where we're sitting right behind the goalpost there, um, which almost turned into a deadly mistake. But, oh, wait. You're not at the game right now? No. Right oh. now, the game is not frozen. Just kidding. In, in <laughs> Um, but it was 35 bucks a piece. So I have a family of five. So, um, it, it ended up costing me, um, you know, about, I think it was $160 after taxes or whatever it was. Sure. Um, yeah, I paid a, about $160 for five tickets, went in, had typical concession prices in there. Not a lot of concessions. Um, so there was that my wife made a comment. She said, how humiliating do you think it is for these players to be on this team? And there's nobody here. So, because there's hardly anybody in the stands. And you can see that when you watch the games, um, that there there aren't a lot of people there. Um, this is at Turner, the former Turner Field, where the Braves used to play. They've now closed it off. It's the Georgia State uh, University football team plays there. And so they've got the stands kind of closed off. And it's very kind of eerie being in what used to be a really popping baseball stadium and where the Olympics were. And you're walking, there's like nobody – in the, the walkways, basically. It wow. feels kind of like a ghost town, you know? Um, so, but, you know, the game was enjoyable. If you have a family, you know, it's a cheap way to go see a football game. That It's, it's fun, you know? The, the game moves faster than an NFL game. You don't have kickoffs. 
Um, but the, the most interesting thing that came out of this game is my child almost died. So um, I have a three-year-old son, and he was, uh, he was playing behind me, and it was halftime, and the players were coming out to kick field goals, and one of the players kicked a field goal, and it missed the back of my kid's head by about that much. All of a sudden, I, I, I heard the ball bounce real hard, and I turn around, and I see it flying up in the air. And the people that were – there was a family that was sitting on the back row that was tossing a little football, a Legends football we bought, um, bought for my kids there, just tossing it to my, to my son. And they were like – their oh faces were just frozen gosh. in terror. Yeah, it was – if that football would have hit my three-year-old in the back of his head, it would have put his head right in the concrete. He could have died, at least have brain injury. So it was very – you know, you got to pay attention when you're at this game. It's not like the NFL because – these these kickers are you can see where the net is, so he had to kick <laughs> right. it to the right of the net or the left of the net from his perspective. Oh my so gosh! We would have been we would have been all over the news. I can guarantee it. You know, you it, if a kid gets hit with a hockey puck, you know, you see him on the news and different stuff like that. So, yeah, so that was definitely uh, a, a pretty scary thing as a parent. You know, to be at a football game and have your kid almost get hit with a football. Yeah, I'd that's, say that's Damn. some guardian angel stuff right there. Just yeah. someone just took that ball, moved it ever so slightly. Yeah. Wow. We would have wow. been covering news about the AAF about us. About yeah, that would be crazy. Uh, AAF podcast uh, host baby gets injured during uh, AAF game at Atlanta <laughs> Legends. Of course, at the Atlanta Legends game. But, um, dude, I'm, I'm happy that, you, that totally everything, everyone's okay. And, yeah, uh, alive and except well. for the Legends. The Legends were not okay. Because they got um, crushed. We left talk about... <laughs> Let's stick to the subject. I have some questions for you. What was, besides your kid almost dying, what was the merchandise kind of set up like? When you walked out, did they have a lot of merchandise set up or was it kind of scattered, like ghost towny? That's it. What's that? In the store. So when you, first, when you first walk in, there's really, there's a few small concession places around the stadium, but you can tell like there's, there's ones that are open for like a Georgia State football game that weren't even open. Um, but the majority of, of the concessions is right when you walk in. There's, I remember when the Braves played there. You know, there's a huge place right there on the left when you walk in, um, and you get all your concessions. They're pretty big normal lines. Uh, then, of course, they had a couple pretzel places and beer places and stuff like that. Um, but the concessions is all inside of a, a store. It used to be where they had the Braves merchandise. Um, and you know, so it's not scattered around. There's one central location, but it's pretty big. They had a lot of different stuff. I got my kids some, um, in Atlanta legends football. I got my other kid in Atlanta legends, little Lego person. They, so they had, that was pretty cool. Nice. Nice. Okay. Nice. Hi there. They had shirts galore. Blankets, they had pretty much everything. Hats, you know, everything you could pretty much imagine. Supporting the cause, supporting the AAF cause is uh is is BitBoy over there. Uh so I mean in 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 your first game your your kid almost dying and then almost uh you know Atlanta Legends not showing up either. Um, I don't think Murray played good, and that's your boy that you said on this podcast. Murray like threw like four interceptions or something. God, was it, it four or three? It it was really really rough. Um, I I thought it was it might have been a third one after we left, but there were two in the uh, the first and second quarter, um, okay. and they were extremely bad interceptions. Um, I was just like, you got to be kidding, and th- and that's when I realized that Atlanta that Andy. Murray is not a um, he's not an NFL quarterback. You know, when you're throwing interceptions as bad as and he he got pulled yesterday for throwing more interceptions. When you're throwing that many interceptions against um, you know an, an AAF team with a vanilla defense um, where they can't even rush X number of players, then there's no way you would have made it in the NFL. So I always thought maybe he didn't make it in the NFL because he didn't get a proper chance. But now, eh, probably not so much. And he's very, he, he looks small. Um, so there was a, where the bullpen used to be for the Braves, you can overlook and they turn that into a tunnel, right? So that's where the players come out. Right. And I was gotcha. right basically on top of him looking down. And um, 
yeah, you couldn't looking at him. I was like, man, he looks so small to be out there with even the players that were next to him. So maybe it was optical illusion, but you know, I hate it for him because he was so good when he was at Georgia. You know, he had such high potential. People talking about him being a number one draft pick when he was a junior and stuff like that, but they ended up, I think, going in the fifth round maybe or whatever. Jamarcus Russell was so good at LSU. And, uh, you know, you could go down a list of all these great college quarterbacks that just were were duds in the NFL. Not Like Tim Couch, I always bring up because that poor guy was maybe talented, but he was poisoned by a bad franchise his whole career. Yeah. Tim Couch was ruined. Uh, Anyway, I mean... Listen, uh, I mean, look, I think it's cool that on this show you went to a game. So yeah. thanks for your perspective. Sorry about your kid almost dying. And thank God that didn't happen. We could laugh about it, of course, right now. Yeah. Right? Um, but uh, I just wanted to r- remind you that the Legends got their ass kicked uh, yesterday by the Apollos who lost and came. Obviously, they were coming back off a loss, yep. Ben. You know, they were Gilbert was going to like throw touchdown 36 to 6. Unfortunately, Apollo's clinch a playoff spot. How about that? How about that? First playoff spot clinching. Uh, then a really pretty decent game of the Stallions and the Commanders, and the Commanders win again, 1915 against the Stallions. It looks like the Commanders are making a run for the playoffs. Uh, and then right now, as we speak, the pregame is starting for the Fleet versus the Hot Shots, which is a great game. Uh, both teams are on the rise, right? Both teams are are looking to um to to make the playoffs. They're both borderline. And then at tonight, and I'm not sure if Johnny Manziel's playing tonight. I I hope so, <laughs> but it's Memphis versus Birmingham. Mm, big game. Nice. Uh, is is Manziel playing? I was trying to search for that, and I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I not hope sure so. I the answer. You might as well throw him in there. Yeah. I mean, this is the AAF. Get him in there. I know. Who cares? If, do a div. All you need to do is a vanilla pass offense for like a quarterback that just comes in out of nowhere, you know, very vanilla. Um, if they win tonight, if say Johnny Manziel jumps in and they win, that'd be awesome. That'd be yeah. cool for the AF for Memphis. Um, who's been having probably the worst season. Um, they need a spark. They need something. So stick <laughs> Man, him in there. Poor get Singletary, the huh? Poor Singletary, one in five. Well, man. he's Oof. proven not to be a good coach. He wasn't a good coach in the NFL, you know, and now he's he's proven not to be a good coach. And, you know, I, I think that uh, I think that I had a revelation yesterday as a soccer coach, okay? Yesterday, uh, so today we played and my team won seven to two. My kids scored four goals. Real exciting stuff, you know. But yesterday we got beat <laughs> seven. To, we got beat seven to two. Now, a lot of the reason why we won today so good is because basically we have five players on the field at one time and all of our five best players were there and none of our kids that aren't as good were there. So we basically had our best team out there the whole entire time. So that makes a difference. But yesterday we got drilled. And after we left the game, I said, honey, I feel like I'm not a good soccer coach, you know, because I have the same problem every year with my teams. When we were younger, we used to win the championship every year. But as my kids gotten older and older, I'm finding it a little harder to coach soccer because I didn't play soccer. You know, I'm just a dad, you know, trying to be involved in my kids' life. And I have the same problem. Whatever team we're playing, when the ball squirts out, they get wide open goals and kick it in. And that never happens for us when we're on offense. The ball never like kind of squirts out of a scrum where a kid's wide open to kick it in the goal. And I don't know how to teach that. And I think as a coach, I think I've reached my limit on how much I can coach kids in soccer because now we're getting to like some more complex issues of the game, like spacing and stuff. And I don't understand it. And I told my wife, this will be the last year that I coach soccer. You know, um, I'll do one more season if he plays, you know, in the in the fall um, because then he'll age out of this group. But he's talking about wanting to play football anyway. So um, I feel like I've reached my limit. I think for Mike Singletary, like it's time for him to look at his career as a coach and say, as a head coach, I, I reached my limit. Like, I can't do better. I can't do that well as a head coach. Maybe I'm better off as a coordinator or I'm better off as a linebacker's coach or whatever, you know, positional coach he may have been. So, I don't know. I, I feel is, like for, for me having this... Very, What's that? Sorry. I was going to say that, that's a very tough piece of humble pie to eat when you've been at the top of the mountain being a head coach the whole nine yards. Be like, well, maybe I'm better as a coordinator. I don't... 
that takes a special kind of person to be willing to demote themselves. I uh, just a, a little note. I'm sorry. I've been researching about the Manziel thing. There is he is not starting, but he will be on the uh, addressing, which means they should probably play him tonight. Yeah. So yeah. potentially his debut. And that's exciting for the AF. So I just wanted to come and say that officially he is dressing. So we there will go. see. Well, I got a quick follow question. If I can jump in real quick, Ben. So you've been to the game. Your kid almost got killed and your team got crushed. Uh, would you go again? Knowing everything that you know now, knowing that this uh, bleachers, you know, the stadium the way that is not the, filled. Uh, the legends are playing. And the way that they're playing. Yeah, that, that, so, so that's would the you thing. go again? Yes, I would definitely go again. Um, I'm not going to go again for that quality of football. Like, the way that they played was so bad. We left in the third quarter. And oh, wow. after the first drive, it was 26 to nine or uh, 29 to six. And I mean, the legends had not shown anything that they were going to move the ball, that they could stop. It was just three and out, three and out, three and out. Um, they weren't passing the ball down the field. It looked terrible. They, they were talking about some stats yesterday on, uh, on Murray and saying that he's thrown the field, or thrown the ball more than 20 yards down the field, the least amount of times of any quarterback in the AF. And he's only completing 15% of those, which is also the worst in the AF. So, you know, we put Sims back in. I would definitely go again, um, but I, not this year. <laughs> you know, we're, it's hard for me as a Falcons season ticket holder to go to the games after we're eliminated, like as a pro football fan, you know. Sure. Now, usually the Falcons are decently good, so we don't get eliminated until, you know, it'll usually be the last one or two home games that, you know, feels kind of pointless to go to. But already for the legends, they're pointless to go to. Um, I, I live like 45 minutes away. It's, it's not like right next door to me. If it was closer, I might consider going again this year just for fun. But the kids had a good time. It was overall a good time. So definitely probably in the that's future, good. go to another game. Hey, that's okay. good, man. At least you guys had fun and no one died. Yes. Usually usually you go to football games and you hope that no one dies when you go to a game. But you got out of it this time. It was close. It's like the Hunger Games. What's going on out there? Man. <laughs> the Hunger Games out there. I, but I, I, I think we have a short segment here. Is that we're we're coming close to an exciting time for the AF because it's the first ever playoff run. Um, I do think that we're gonna see the Apollos, Commanders, Hot Shots, and I guess it's gonna be a a fight. Who who would be the fourth? No, team? it's the it's the Iron. Iron. The Iron are pretty Those much already guaranteed gonna... a spot because Atlanta and Memphis are so bad. That's true. Uh, commanders are playing good, though. Yeah. Uh, so um, my rant, though, real quick before we get out of AAF, uh, is basically what's interesting. I read an article about on April 28th, after the AAF title game, guess what happens? The NFL teams can legally approach AAF players in the contract. Oh, wow. Nice. There's going to be like this, like us, because we have been lucky enough to do the podcast and kind of follow and keep, keep up with the AF. We're going to recognize some players next year. I'm excited for that. Yeah. I want to see some of these AF players succeed. Like there's guys that stand out. Uh, there's this guy Falk on the Birmingham team. I think he's a linebacker. He's a lineman, but that guy's a monster. This guy Schultz on, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I even think someone's going to give Trent Richardson a shot. And what about Zach Stacy? Zach Stacy for sure deserves uh, at least to be a second back on a team. I mean, yeah. I mean, at least a third he string. Here's somebody third down specialist Gilbert. That's, that's the know. silver lining for the Express is that they have Zach Stacy who's <clears throat> having a great season. Yeah, but but yeah, man, um, I'm excited. It's going to be a mini signing. F- fury as as they say in this article and i think that's interesting it's like there's a free agents season and now there's this like spring football season because come next year the nfl is gonna have two of them to dip into unless i don't know if if the i i actually think the xfl might not have a deal like the aaf does um we're like you can't nfl you can't touch our players they're contracted with the xfl by mm. like you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I, I think that's something that we should look into as we get closer to next year. And when that, I think that's really exciting to see where things happen there. But let's not forget, we're gonna have a chance uh, to see some of these players play next year. And I hope. I hope we do. So, 
And that's right after the draft, the NFL yes. draft. So they have the draft, then the AAF title game, and then offseason free agency it's, for AAF players. So it's, teams will have yeah. a chance to reload and restock. It's awesome. It's another bucket for some scouts to dip into it. If not, I guarantee there's scouts at most of these uh, AF games. Oh, it's gotta like, be. It's yeah. gotta be, right? I mean, there's gotta be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it for the AF. I think I think we'll we'll be talking more as we get closer to the playoffs. And then the I'm really excited to watch the title game. Maybe we could live stream it or something and we could watch it together. Yeah, uh, it'll be right after our NFL draft live stream. Yeah. Uh, it's a good time. April's turning out to be an awesome time. We got spring football championships and now we got the draft. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Incredible. All right, guys. Well, Come let's uh, let's move on to our sports Twitter <laughs> shout out. Um, I'm going to go first. Uh, I am going to shout out somebody who I listen to on the radio. Absolutely love. He's uh, very funny. Um, Adam Shine. So he's on Mad Dog Radio. I love Mad Dog Radio. It's on uh, Sirius XM. I, I've been listening to Sirius XM and Mad Dog Radio for, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how long Mad Dog Radio has been out. I've been listening to sports radio on Sirius for, you know, about 15 years now. I think Mad Dog's been around for about nine years. But uh, Adam Shine's got a great show on there um, from 10 to 1 uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and that is uh, at Adam Shine, S-C-H-E-I-N. Love to hear his takes. He's got refreshing takes on a lot of stuff. Really treats his audience and his fans very, very well. Uh, in the callers. So um, definitely big shout out to him. Keep doing what you're doing, bud. Yeah. So uh, I'm doing a running joke where I always tell them uh, what Twitter shout out I'm going to do. And I never do the one I say off the show. So my <laughs> shout out this week is for Dennis Rodman Ooh. at Dennis Rodman. He's crazy. He's <laughs> kooky, but goddamn was he one of the greatest rebounders in the history of the NBA and should always be remembered. And also he is involved in cryptocurrency uh, with Potcoin. Yeah. So North Korea, um, Shout out to one of the craziest athletes to ever touch the earth. And we don't even know if, I think in Men in Black, they said he was an alien. Do, so. you, do you remember when he wore the wedding dress? Yes. That was insane. Hey, that's, man. That's when you know he was inculcated into the Illuminati because they had, they had <laughs> him do some ritualistic sacrifices, got it on camera, and stored it to be used in case he ever got out of line again. So, uh, Dennis Rodman, hope you like this uh, tweet that we uh, tag you on. Shout out. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'm going to shout out Matthew Berry, TMR, uh, ESPN, uh, fantasy sports guru. I've been listening to his podcast with him and his team for a long time now. Hilarious stuff. And they do fantasy sports, specifically football. He's at, at Matthew Berry, TMR, Matthew B-E-R-R-Y-T-M-R, which stands for the talented Mr. Roto. Whoa. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm a big fan. Mm. Well, fantasy sports on. action there. Mm-hmm. Keep on doing what you're doing and keep on Kevin Baconing it or whatever. That's what <laughs> someone told me once. Keep on Kevin Baconing it? Yeah. Is just keep it going. Keep on Kevin Baconing it. All right. Well, let's, on that note, uh, six, de- six degrees of Kevin Bacon, let's move on to the sixth degree. So, okay. So, been a big sports week in terms of the NCAA tournament, which uh, somebody said something today on the radio I heard, which is pretty interesting. Um, said that, you know, the NCAA tournament is the the biggest event in all of sports um, in terms of viewership and gambling. Sure. Um, you would think it's the Super Bowl, but of course the Super Bowl is just one event. If you consider all the NFL playoffs, it would be bigger probably than the NCAA tournament. But uh, as it stands now, the NCAA tournament is the biggest event in all of sports. Um, I've wow. had the privilege to go a couple times. I went to the Final Four what one year. What do you mean year. it's the, like officially, it's the biggest event in all of sports? Yes. Yeah. For betting. For, for, for betting. betting and for viewership. Okay. For viewership, are you sure yeah. about this? What about I, like uh, European football? Probably like, the World Cup. Probably the World Cup, but it's only once every four years. Interesting. I yeah. mean, that's interesting. Okay. I, I'm going by radio stats. That's what the radio guy said today. So um, on Mad Dog Sports Radio. So if you were listening, you can go back in here. But, uh, you know, the thing about that is this year's tournament so far has not really lived up to the billing, in, in my opinion. It's only been going on for a few days. We haven't had any really big upsets uh, we did have three 12s that beat fives. Um, but even if you look at those matchups, uh, they weren't that surprising. Oregon uh, beat, uh, I can't remember who they beat, but they were the number 12 seed. And Oregon has been one of the hottest teams in the country the last couple of weeks. Um, and right. the other two, I, I think I had both of them in my bracket. So we didn't have a 13 seed or higher win, which is really what usually sets off the tournament. If you got a 15 seed, knocks off a two seed, 
then that's when it gets really exciting. Uh, last year, we had Virginia as a one seed, the first team ever to lose. Um, UMBC, baby, University of Maryland, yeah, Baltimore County. That's right. Uh, but this year, they were actually down. Um, they're a number one seed again, and they were down 36-30 to 30 at one point against, uh, I think, Gardner-Webb. But they ended up winning by a pretty good margin. So um, I do look for that game to be very interesting, uh, Oregon versus Virginia. I think Oregon might could If we have a 12-seed win in the second round, that's when it gets to be big news. But, you know, the tournament hasn't been super, super, super exciting. Um, but one exciting thing that came out of it that sparked a lot of conversation is uh, Tom Izzo, um, who I'm going to put behind me right now. Um, there we go. There he is. Tom Izzo yelling at his players, uh, or one player in particularly, putting his finger in the guy's face, wagging it at, at the guy. Uh, the, the teammates a couple times had to pull Izzo basically off of him from he was yelling so hard. So um, there were two different times when the other players tried to get him to move away, whatever, and he wouldn't do it. <clears throat> As you can see by the picture behind me, if you're watching this on YouTube, um, that is a mean mug right there. And here's the question. Do you guys think that there is a place in sports, especially in college athletics, for yelling at your players like this? Uh, I'm going to let Andy go first. Uh, I think, okay, if you played football, you kind of understand when your coach yells at you. And there's moments where being yelled at by your coach is actually acceptable um, because you did something wrong. He yells at you in a very militant way that is respectable to you and respectable to him as a coach. But you know that there's those rare moments where you met that coach that screamed and maybe he like slapped you, slapped you really hard on the ass. Like, you know, like they used to, or maybe they still do that when you do well in football. But like, there's those guys that were borderline and scary. I was in high school in the mid nineties to late nineties, you know, you know, there, there wasn't like, who knows, man, my coach was insane. He was a nut job. He would watch film and act like he was watching porno. You'd hear him going, oh boy, hop up, that was nice. Oh. Like this guy was like, hey everybody, is that, how, is that how is that how you watch a porno, Andy? No, that's how that, Oh boy, coach. oh boy, that is nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's how he did. That's how he did. Um, when I saw this video now about this gentleman behind you, um, he was absolutely out of line in public. Like the way he was like, he looked like he wanted to murder him. Yeah. Your oh. coach, your coach murder. should not look, not, not you know like what? You know what? Relax. I mean, but look at his eyes. Look at, I mean, here, wait, look at his eyes, man. <laughs> Damn. All right. He's looking yeah, at are me. Are you done yet? Are you done yet, Andy? He's looking oh, at goodness. me. What are you going to, I'm not like mad at you. Why are you getting so angry down there? <laughs> Wag your finger here, at anyway. him. Oh, I see you down here. That's All hilarious. Right, go ahead. So, Mamby Pamby, my coach yelled at me. You know what? If you've been coaching for as long as he had, and you had players from game one all the way till now, you've gotten over two dozen games. You've drilled the fundamentals into their cerebellum, the basics, running back on defense, hustle and effort. We're not talking about the most complex concepts possible on the hardwood for NCAA college basketball. These are the basics. And if you go in and do the research and look at the interview, the things that he was yelling, him, uh, yelling at the player about was about the basics, stuff that – you don't have time yeah, for it. I, 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 I let sorry. you finish your cry fest, okay? <laughs> At the end of the day, it is too late in the season. This is win or go home. You don't have the luxury of making mental mistakes. Take care of the basics and everything else builds off of that. The player knew better. And guess what? The player actually responded to it because down the stretch made a couple of key buckets, a couple other important pass plays, and they ended up winning the game. To his credit, Coach Izzo never put his hand on the player. If you do that, all bets are off. I want to punch you in the face. I mean, That's his finger thing. was about this close to his he, nose. He was close. He didn't touch him. He didn't hit him. He didn't push. He didn't shove. It's not Bobby Knight. It's not why, a stick. Why are you, like, okay? giving me the, the voice thing? I'm just Because, because at the, the end of the day, because we live in a society where people are too afraid to have a little bit of friction, whether it be from coaches, from parents, everyone's getting participation trophies nowadays. Maybe more of these players should have another male adult figure for someone. Might even be the only father figure role model they might have in their life to show them a little bit of tough love to toughen them right. up. 
All right, all right, all right. I see let nothing me, wrong you, with this. Okay, hold on. Let me give you a hypothetical situation with this coach. You see this coach? This this guy? I yeah, see he, that coach. Yeah, he's okay. not, or wherever he is, he hasn't done anything wrong in 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 sense. He yelled at his guy a little bit aggressively. But say you invited him over for Thanksgiving dinner, right? And he comes over acting this way to you, and he's pointing at you. I told you to fry the turkey, you motherfucker. Would you be like, <laughs> "There life, goes the G rating." <laughs> life, life, life. I can curse once a show. All right, PG thirteen allows for one F word. By the way, if you want to argue that, so technically we're still PG thirteen. Okay. But my, so you're gonna let this guy like yell in your face? Apples and oranges. You come to my home to eat my food. You better shut your mouth and be grateful you're getting food fed to you. On the hardwood, do you like champion, the, championship tournament, like win this? or go home, totally different deal. You're speaking apples and oranges, and the argument you're making is intellectually dishonest, and I love you. Okay, okay, listen, listen. He, here's the thing. This got caught on camera in one of the biggest games of the year. It's it's yeah. a, a uh, you know, to go to the Sweet 16, all eyes, all cameras were on this. And in my opinion, um, to me, Tom Izzo has to know that, okay? And so because of that and, and the, the focus on this game, I feel like he got emotionally out of control in, in this moment, right? I don't think this was a strategic coaching move uh, with all eyes on to yell at this kid like that. Here's the question. In this game, with as much hype, with it being on camera and a tournament game, does that change this? Because you got to think about this kid. He's he's embarrassed. This kid's got to be super embarrassed, and it's going to go much further than the forty minutes of this there, game. He's going to get questions about it? this for on, weeks. There's a way to be, out. But listen, there's a way to be angry as a coach without it going toward like being accountable for it. So when a coach like throws his headset down and he like is pissed off. He's not like throwing that headset at the person. He's not looking at the person. He's just pissed off because his team is falling apart. He's more accountable, but he's pointing out this guy in front of thousands of people screaming at the top of his lunch. He looks like he's going to have a hernia. Uh, he's got it. Like I've seen great coaches that don't need to yell and scream. So like Tony Dungy, for instance, this guy is the quietest. He's like a mouse, this guy. And he won a Super Bowl and probably pretty much created the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and handed it over to Tom Gruden, uh, Gruden who won a Super Bowl. Let's not forget he, that. Exception and, and not he, the rule. He, like he barely yelled. It, this is this is uh you know he probably was like, all right guys, let's not do that again. All right. Do you and that's play how football? Tony Dungy chose to rock and roll. You're absolutely right, but he's not a dime a dozen. He's the exception and not the rule. And at Bobby the end Knight. of the day. Bobby Knight's oh, a good example. Right. He's the other end of the spectrum, throwing chairs the whole bit with the histrionics. At the end of the day, all we see is this little snapshot in time. I'm not going to coach different because the cameras are on. I need to coach the way I need to coach for my team to be successful. I'm going to do what got me to the dance. So all the stuff about the cameras is frankly inconsequential. just happens to capture it because the lights are on. It is what it is. I, I actually Hold on. Hold on. If at the end of the day I've been coaching you to get your butt back on defense all season long, Okay, yeah. coach. Okay, coach. Okay, coach. Same thing over and over every single game. I got to get on you because I see how much talent you have. And I know you could be something fantastic and special and marvelous. I'm going to get on you because of the potential I see in you. If I don't yell, if I don't get riled up, if I'm not on you, then I'm not interested in your growth and development. It's actually a good thing that Izzo's on this player because he shows that how much he's invested in his success, A, and B, how much potential he actually sees. So do yourself a favor, kid who's getting yelled at. Get your butt back on defense. Do the stuff you've been coached on all year long, and that won't happen. But we're not talking about coaches yell at players all the time, and it's totally legit. We're talking about a situation here. How do we know this is not legit? Well, I don't know. It seems like everyone is is talking about it, and it seems like what you said, a pocket. It's like this pocket. It's uh, a snapshot of time that goes on Twitter, and the echo chamber of social media gets all bent out of shape. Here's where we both win because this is a non-story in like a week. All right. This is going to go away because first of all, he didn't like run the guy over with his car after the game. He didn't shoot the guy. He didn't. So I do agree with you that it's a little bit, maybe the news is taken a little bit out of proportion. The guy had a, the guy's. so maybe you're right. You're convincing me more. 
that it's a little bit of an exaggeration by the media because in a week from now, no one's going to give a crap unless the, he does it again, I guess. The media exaggerates? Like, I'm saying, like, this is a non-story. Like, there's no one got hurt here except for your the player was, a, was like, kind of, like, you know, like, taken. He thought his coach was a little aggressive, you know, and there's a little media hype behind it. We're talking about it right now because there's media hype. So I think it's a non-story now that we, we're, you know, well, like here, in a here, week. Here's a question. If this was not Tom Izzo and this was a first-year coach at a, a large university who doesn't have the track record that Izzo has and it's the exact same situation, are we viewing it differently? We probably would, but at the same time, it'd still be intellectually dishonest because all we have is this two-minute window we don't have all the context leading up to that moment. This is March Madness. This is the second round. This is stuff that you've been coached and prepped on all season long. You got to know better. Again, because we're going back to the stuff that was already communicated, that he was getting on him about the simple things and the mental lapses that you just can't have when it's one and done. Well, you know, so, it's, you know what's it's funny? Matter, is that what if this guy, what if this coach got up in the morning, finds out his wife's cheating on him, his wife is leaving him, what if he had a traumatic thing in his real life and he's just fucking really like, oh, I cursed again. He's just really upset and like angry. And, and we've all done it. We brought it out in our work. I don't know what this poor guy's been through in the last. And, and, and that's why hours. I say it's the, there is emotion behind this. He got, in my opinion, he did something in this, more behind it. In this instance, he did cross the line. He crossed the line here. I don't know exactly what the line is. I've seen coaches yell at players. I don't mind coaches yelling at players. This one, he seemed too emotionally invested in this one particular moment. So I don't know what was behind it, what the context is between him and the player. I think if this was a different coach without national championships, then I think you know that this coach could actually probably get punished for doing this by his university, okay? Because it's been that big of a story. But for Tom Izzo, he's going to get a pass here. He's gotten passes on a lot of different stuff, including you know some Me Too stuff. Not him particularly, but it revolving the sports program at, at Michigan State. Um, so that, that's my opinion on it. I think that the, the lesson here for, you know, Tom Izzo and his team is how can Tom Izzo as a coach talk to his team about playing calm and staying cool under pressure. And and then at this moment, he freaks out. If this was one of his players on the court that yelled at like the other team or yelled at the referee, he would got thrown out of the game. So I think he's got to put a little better of an example while they're playing the game for his players, for the kids on the team, and things like that. I think he crossed the line, not by that much, because he didn't put the hands on, but this, to me, I, this face behind me says everything, honestly. You know, I, I think he did cross the line, so that that's my final thought on the topic. But, um, all right, let's move on to the next topic. Um, we only got probably about 10 more minutes, so um, let's yeah. talk about Mike Trout's contract. $440 million, I believe it was, or $400 million, whatever it was. Absolutely insane. Uh, I believe it's a 12-year contract. Uh, I, I read somewhere he's going to get, I think, $16,000 per pitch, like, in a game. <laughs> That's what it works out to. Thir- thir- $16,000 per pitch of a game that he's in. Not not pitch that he sees as a batter. Pitch, period. So, um, absolutely insane how much money this guy's making. But he- here's a question. He re-signs with the Angels. There was a lot of talk about him going to Philly, possibly, to team up with uh, Bryce Harper and make a super team. But he did resign with the Angels. Apparently, he loves it there. A lot of people thought it was a foregone conclusion he was going to the Yankees. So the question is, is it good for a sport when a player resigns with a smaller market team where he doesn't get the same amount of exposure? Or would it be better if he had gone to somewhere like the Yankees? Because baseball specifically is struggling with an identity problem right now. If I were to list the top 10 players in the major leagues, most people couldn't pick them out of a lineup, including Mike Trout. Only those people that are hardcore baseball fans know who Mike Trout is. Um, Or maybe if you remember that one Subway ad he did like three or four years ago. But, um, you know, so the question is, is it good for them to stay in the smaller markets or would you like to see them go to the bigger market? Um, Armando, you go first this time. Finally. (laughs) Jeez. No, uh, I, in baseball in particular, because there's no salary cap, it's a whole different ball game. I would agree with your premise if we were talking about any other sport, but Major League Baseball, where you have fiscal constraints, smaller markets, and you're not able to do certain things. But when it comes to baseball, you can throw money at the problem. You can throw money at players, contracts, coaches, et cetera. 
Um, at the end of the day, I think this kind of makes it more unique. You're still going to have your, your big major franchises that are going to draw eyeballs to TVs and put butts in seats. Your Boston Red Sox, your Los Angeles Dodgers, your my New York Yankees, right? Uh, to have something else that's a big draw. Now we have Bryce Harper in Philadelphia giving them some cachet. Uh, I think it gives us a nice smorgasbord of different interest points uh, for Major League Baseball. I think it would be too consolidated. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. But uh, if Mike Trout went to my Yankees, it would be too consolidated, be too much, and perhaps even overkill uh, that might make it kind of like when KD went to the Warriors. Like, really? They just won 72 games, and you're adding the second-best player in the league? So, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. I think basketball, though, is a different story. That has its own issues with superstars filling up teams and, like, small markets having major problems. I think, I think at least with baseball, it seems like small markets do okay. And uh, let me be, give you a perspective. Uh, I live in California, and the first time I went to a baseball game out here when I moved to L.A., the Dodgers were out of town. So I was like, wait, the Angels are in Anaheim. I'm going to drive down. I went to an Angels game as my first game, and I'm kind of connected to the Angels, and I'll tell you why. It's so – and this is just a quick story in between this, is that the Yankees-Mets, right, is the mirror of the Dodgers-Angels. Angels are the Mets fans, the family. They, they're out in the, you know, they're, they're out there. And then the Dodgers are the Yankees, you know, like the, the purebred city. Everyone loves this freaking team. The history of the Dodgers alone, you know. Sure. So yeah. my perspective is that there's actually, for him personally, it's beautiful down there. He could buy a beautiful house with that money down in California. He doesn't have to worry about anything. He's comfortable. He's doing the Angels a favor. First of all, they discovered him. I actually respect players like this who say you know what i love this team i'm gonna stay with them forever like Derek jeter you mm -hmm. know there was always those rumors and fud that Derek jeter was gonna like leave eventually he never did because that's his legacy that jarell revis which i've done examples on his legacy is all fucked up and skewed oh, i cursed again it's all it's all skewed sorry three <laughs> three strikes out um well it's yeah, all you remember Derek jeter's last game he had the game winning right that that to me that's one of the most incredible moments in sports I ever saw. Like that that was insane. And, and if he had left, if he had left, we wouldn't have got that moment. You know. Let's talk about Kobe's last game. You know, Ooh, his yeah. last game was you know with the Lakers his whole career. So sixty one points on eight hundred shots, something like that. For the city of Anaheim in Orange County, California, it's a win. For for him, it's a huge win. He stays where he is. His family could go to like nice nice schools. He could buy. What four hundred million? How much is he getting a year? What is that a year? I think like, it's like thirty. Something like oh that. Oh my god! Just like dropping, like they're like, hey, hey, we got the new check, honey. This this year, another thirty million. Do you want to deposit it or do you want me? Like, God bless. Although him, taxes in California are next level, so he won't be seeing all of it. Not by a lot. Yeah, check. that's Listen. that's interesting because that's why. Uh, who was it recently that would not sign in? Cal it was uh, Bryce Harper. He would not sign with the Dodgers. He ended up signing with the Phillies because of taxes. Well, the, one of the best places is in like Florida. I mean, yeah. you play or for Texas, Texas. absolutely. Texas. Uh, Florida is known to be really good. I'm sure LeBron James made a ton of money during his run with the Miami uh, Miami Heat. Uh, that's for damn sure. And Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade is probably richer because of his run in Miami. Because I believe it. He ran it. Um, but listen, I think it's good for everybody out here, especially for me, giving a perspective on the West Coast. The Angels uh, franchise is actually pretty cool. I know the Yankees and you guys, you know, there's not good history there. I get it. But listen, rather see him in the team he started with than another team and make it like the superstar blockbuster deal thing. You know, let him stay in that market. It's not as small as you think, by the way. It's not as small as you think. So... Yeah, it's, it, it's not a small market. It, it's a medium market. It's not Milwaukee. No, or, it's, it, no. It, it's not. But in terms of coverage oh. of the team, it is. You know, because the, the Angels do not get a lot of coverage. I mean, think about when Pujols went there. He went from the biggest player in baseball to people forgetting he existed. Yeah, he went to nobody. Is he you're still playing? Right, right. I think he was still with them. God. At some point, he should have never left the Cardinals. He got he, a good con. Hey, the Angels paid paid him a good good salary. For well, don't you remember they they brought in three or well they had Mike Trout, they brought in Josh Hamilton and Pujols the same years, and they never did anything together. Um, so. 
that game I went to, by the way, where the Angels beats, I forgot who they played. You know who was their outfielder? It was a Japanese player. Uh, Matsu- no, Matsuyo. Ma- Mats- Mat- Matsui? Yeah, Matsui. From the Yankees? Yeah, he played for the Angels for like two years or something yeah. after that. And there he was. It was a great game. That? They won uh, a game-winning home run for the Angels. And I don't remember the, the team that they were playing, but it was a <laughs> walk-off home run. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's so a good there you go. It's good. Game. Well, awesome. Well, I think that's all the show we got today. Um, oh, so now it's time for uh, 30 seconds to fame or 30 seconds to glory, whatever we're calling it. 30 seconds to something. We're each going to give a final thought uh, on the sports week. So who, who's going to go first? You got it, Armando. I see you huffing and puffing. No, like no, I, I, don't, I don't got it first. I don't got it first. Why? You should go first. <clears throat> all right, fine. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. <clears throat> all right. Don't give me a countdown, though. All right, Three, so here it is. Two. <laughs> One. So um, NCAA tournament is alive and well. We haven't seen any major, major, major upsets. Um, it is an exciting time uh, to see kids, uh, and, and quite literally our kids, 18, 19 years old, can't even drink yet uh, legally, and uh, they're playing their hearts out. Some of them just to, to live out their, their dreams as a college basketball player. Some of them hopefully as an audition for the NBA. Uh the ratings, uh, the revenue that's generated, uh, the boosters and all the money that's created uh, are filling the pockets of a lot of people and not a single one are these college athletes. Uh, This amateurism has gone uh, way too far and uh, we need to figure out a way uh, to pay these college athletes because they are the reason for these unbelievable uh, TV contracts, revenue generating streams and TV money. Let's figure out a way to pay these players. Let's pay these players. I like that. Wow. Jesus. How do I top that? Mine's about video games. Um, uh, basically, uh, I would like to see college because I'm keeping it in the college basketball. I enjoyed as a person that never played that never really watched college basketball. I watched the big names like the Fab Five and all those guys and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, Christian Leitner shot whatever. We talked about that. But I miss the NCAA video games that existed and they don't make them anymore. And there was something about uh, being able to be the college I was at the time. Like I was FAU and I could be FAU and I could, I could get to the, the NCAA tournament and try to win it. It was really hard to, I was always make the settings really high. So what I'm trying to get at is that I am personally telling everyone that I do not follow the NCAA uh, March Madness stuff. I know of it. I respect it and all that. But as a sports fan, it's one of the things that I never really got into. And I don't know why that is. But the only thing I definitely have a connection to is NCAA basketball video games. I played them immensely. And that's how I knew about stuff going on in college basketball. By the way, I remember using Magic Johnson used to throw back and you could be like the Michigan State Spartans with Magic Johnson. You know, like he was on the Spartans, for Christ's sake, all the oldies, you know, all the cool stuff. So I beg the video game makers to consider bringing back collegiate video games because it's not just NCAA football. It's also uh, I mean, I mean, basketball, it's also, you know, of course, football. So I don't think we'll see it, but I don't know why it went away. So it might have to do with with paying athletes and so forth. But I I really miss it. So that's my that's my if we only could put also, Magic Johnson on the Spartans today so he could get yelled at by Tom Izzo. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Also, <laughs> this is Perfect Dark, an unopened <clears throat> Nintendo 64 version. I just want to showcase a video game that we're I We're giving have. it away nice. on the podcast right now. No, we're not. Oh, no, we're no, not. We're not. <laughs> no way. Why no would way you do that, us. Andy? Getting our hopes up. <laughs> I'm just saying I like to showcase games that I have. All right. God bless you guys. God bless you. <laughs> Are so, you mad at me today? We fought today. That was the first one since like week one. You know, we were yeah, really we had, going at it. Were, had a, had a he was game. really, he really had strong feelings for that stuff. You know, I really felt it today. Armando has it's very strong to a feelings. much bigger problem that plagues our society. We'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll explore that in the next episode. <laughs> okay. okay. Good job. I, I had fun. Ben still has to go. I'm trying what to get my buddy? rant and Andy oh, keeps. Sorry, I forgot. We're going to fight in a second. Yeah, you keep forgetting about me. <laughs> All right, guys, I love you, the man. Atlanta Hawks have been completely irrelevant for a long time. Uh, well, at least several years. Uh, we did have the 61-win team, but, uh, you know, it it did not go well. It broke up very quickly after that. And there we only had a couple years of really good runs. Uh, 
Trey Young is making the Hawks relevant again. It's exciting to watch. And when it comes to Rookie of the Year, people considered Luka Doncic as the foregone conclusion and the foregone winner several weeks ago. Since the All-Star game, Trey Young has been tearing up the league. He recently had 32 points against the Philadelphia 76ers and hit the game-winning shot with .1 seconds left against Jimmy Butler, the 76ers' best defensive player, drove right past him and, and laid it in. So Trey Young definitely consider or uh, you know needs consideration for Rookie of the Year. The Atlanta Hawks, the second half of the year, have been definitely on an uptick, and the Mavericks have completely fallen apart. Large reason mm-hmm. because they're absolutely intentionally tanking, trying to get a high draft pick. And in my opinion, that's not really what should be happening in the NBA. The Hawks could just as easily have tanked. However, they've kept their young nucleus out there to play games and to try to win games in the second half of the year. They have really kind of ruined their draft pick, but they've showed that the future is bright for the Hawks. So, Trey Young, we salute you. If I had a vote, I would vote for you for Rookie of the Year. That's what we got. Awesome. God bless you, Ben. Sorry. I, uh, Thank you for allowing I me to, to uh, Andy. Delay, you. delay you, my friend. You. All right, guys. Well, that is all we got uh, for this show. Andy, you want to tell them where they can find us? Of course, they're listening uh, to is. us right now, but... It is the IP pod at Twitter. And of course, uh, every Monday we have a nice little tweet that gives you a link to our anchor and of course our YouTube channel, which uh, are our main outlets. And uh, thanks. It looks like uh, people are listening to us on anchor. So appreciate it. Um, And of course, I think, you know, we're going to keep pushing. What is this? Our fifth episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look for us. We also have a new logo coming. So we got some cosmetic uh, changes coming as well. So we're looking to level up y'all next week. We are leveling up. We'll have to use another hand. Ooh, Whoa. how about that? Episode six. That's that? great. Episode we made it off six. the first hand. That's it. Well, awesome guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, our R rated audience for listening is the G rated audience. Um, PG and PG 13 by Andy's F words. But I gotta uh, stop that. That's it, guys. We will uh, talk to you guys next week. Take care. Bye. Okay. <laughs> Our one who leaves every time.